0: including the possible loss of principal you should carefully consider investment objectives risks charges and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC.
1: And welcome once again to Invest Wisely with Walt Sukira. He's the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron, uh, on Embassy Parkway there in the Waterford Building. For the next half hour, we're going to talk about investing in individual stocks in the stock market. That's what the AKW Group does for its clients and creating custom portfolios of individually owned stocks for the clients' needs. If you have any questions, any time this half hour, our lines are open at three three zero six seven three one two three four. Listening on com. You can call us toll free at eight hundred six six nine four. One hundred. Well, Walt, as we're reviewing our August statements uh, again, there we were down for the most part in the first uh, week here in September. It doesn't look like a, they we're still getting rid of some of those, uh, I guess, bugaboos that've been bugging the market all year, and that's the the concern over another rise in interest rates.
2: Well, that's for sure, Bob. Yeah, this week the you know the stock market registered another loss for the week. It was a short week because we had the holiday at the beginning of the week, so it was a shortened week. Um, but really, I think the price action of stocks this week was dictated by a couple key events. Um, we had some news coming out of China that Chinese officials are being prohibited uh, from using Apple devices. And that kind of sent some shockwaves across Apple and a lot of the other technology stocks. I think the big fear is, you know, if this kind of ongoing war between, um, you know, war of words at this point between China and the U.S., um, you know, kind of spills over and affects companies. And a company like Apple that's had good working conditions and environment in China for years, you know, if, you, if they start to have some troubles, this is something that could definitely uh, cause some more problems down the road. Uh, we also saw oil prices jump up quite a bit last week, Bob. Uh, we're now at about 87, I think 47 a barrel at the end of the week on the West Texas, the intermediate crude oil futures. Um, so, again, the spike in oil prices is definitely going to be, you know, felt, uh, you know, <laughs> across the, a lot of products, especially, you know, gas. It hits it, consumers at the gas pumps. So I'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, economic data was mixed for the week, and we saw Treasury yields bounce back up a little bit this week. Um, so overall, you know, the S&P uh, sectors, the only winning sector this week was really energy and utilities. Uh, We saw technology, materials, um, and uh, communications sell off quite a bit for the week. So uh, if we look at the week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average sold off about 261 points. We're now at uh, 34,576. Year-to-date, we're up 4.3% on that index. Uh, The S&P 500 index was off 58 points, down 1.3% for the week. Uh, We still sit up 16.1% year-to-date on the S&P 500. Uh, the Nasdaq Composite gave up 1.9% for the week, lost 270 points. But again, for the year, a really strong year, up 31.5%. And then the small mid-cap stocks, we saw a lot of volatility there, up about 3.6% for the week. Those small mid-cap stocks have been tough. Um, you know, We have that small mid-cap, uh, small mid-cap portfolio. It's been a tough year with that portfolio. But uh, the the index itself, the Russell 2000, year-to-date, is up 5.1%. So... Uh, Bob, you know, a lot, a lot to consider here as we head into the middle of September, looking towards the end of the year, and heading into 2024, a lot, a lot to pay attention to.
1: Now, of course, a lot of the economic data out there has been, has been actually good, which continues the concern about the Fed rising, raising interest rates once again this year. But that's better than expected, and it seems that once more that the slowdown that Wall Street was expecting all this year just simply isn't uh, out there.
2: Yeah, but, you know, we're getting a lot of data still that, as you said, supports a pretty strong economy. The uh, ISM non-manufacturing index for August uh, unexpectedly rose uh, by 2.1 points last week to 54.5, signaling fast growth. And uh, now we also expect uh, quarter three gross domestic product to be revised up uh, closer to probably 2.7 percent with an acceleration to 4 percent in quarter three. Um, jobless claims uh, fell a little bit we're seeing a little bit of weakness in jobs but again not as much as the federal reserve probably had hoped as they started pushing rates up and you know trying to slow this economy down so a lot of data is still so mixed but i think showing a, a pretty resilient economy at this point
1: so what are some of the risks that we are still facing as we head into the last quarter of the year
2: uh, Bob, I think there, there are risks. There's always risk. I, I think, you know, that uh, inflation or recession isn't off the table, but I, I do think we're seeing a lot of data that says maybe the Fed has kind of threaded the needle here and, and got us to, you know, kind of that uh, that soft landing that they talked about. I, I think the big thing, as you mentioned right at the beginning, is interest rates. You know, it really is uh, what the Fed's going to do going forward with interest rates, um, you know, and they're going to really be data dependent if inflation uh, continues to the show, then they're going to continue to push rates up, and that's going to be tough. Um, you know, one thing that we've been looking at, um, strategist, our, our firm that does a lot of big-picture macro uh, kind of uh, you know research, is saying that, you know, the cost of debt, the debt burden uh, on the United States, the interest costs, are now kind of crossing a threshold. It's the first time in 35 years that the servicing of the U.S. debt is increasing at the level that it is. Um, tax revenues hit a key inflection point of about 14 percent of of revenue in July. So really what you have is Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell kind of sitting uh, between a rock and a hard place. You know, he wants to keep rates higher to battle inflation. At the same time, he's putting a lot of pressure on the U.S. government to be able to fund and and operate uh, just because of these high interest costs with the amount of, of debt that we have out there as a country. So it's going to be a really interesting uh, you know, year, especially going to election year next year. A lot to really consider and pay attention to.
1: Once again, we're talking to Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron. We're talking about investing in individual stocks in the stock market. 330-673-1234. If you've got any, any questions for Walt, would you like to talk to him about and uh, bring up on the air? Time, though, look at the trends and insights section of the program. This is where Walt picks out some interesting facts uh, that happened in the last week that uh, could eventually have a big impact on the market and maybe the way that you are investing. Uh, Speaking about interest rates, auto loans have hit uh, some big highs now. Uh, New car typical loan is about 9.48%. APR. Now, I don't think that's a record because I can recall back in 1980 paying 22 percent for a new car loan. But uh, again, that was uh, over 30 years ago, so I don't think we're going to see those kinds of rates anytime soon. But still, it's a lot higher than the uh, current one half one percent rate I'm paying on the car that I bought three years ago.
2: <laughs> that's right, and a lot, and that's the problem, Bob. A lot of people are facing. Um, you know the fact that you know they're going to have to get a new vehicle. A lot of people leasing out there. The leasing costs have gone up dramatically, and you know just that cost of of, of having a car is really hitting people's pocketbooks hard. Um, it's you know it's it's a big expense, and it's only going to the pressure seems to be there. You know, again, we don't see any uh, short term movement of interest rates down. I mean, you know, we've been just talked about the Fed is pretty resilient. You know, trying to keep those rates higher so it's very common you know to talk to people now that have that thousand dollar plus car payment um, and again I, it could be higher I mean I was looking at some leasing costs on some luxury vehicles uh, it's it, unbelievable what people will pay you know three four four thousand dollars a month in leases I mean uh, cost of cars are definitely impacting and uh, we'll, we'll have to see where that trend leads us and, and what it does to the consumer's pocketbook.
1: Another big increase coming in the world of insurance, as we know, on both auto and home insurance rates have been rising, and now they say about twelve percent of homeowners are not renewing their home insurance because the rate's so high.
2: Yeah, which is you know you're playing with fire there, but again, you know some people just can't afford it, and they're they're taking the risk. You know it's it's risk management, but uh, you know when the when it's tough with budgets and you're hard, having a hard time making payments and. It comes down to the basic essentials. Uh, you know, some people are stepping away, and that's a pretty big number. Um, and it, it tends to be lower income households, which again uh, shows the pressure that this economy is putting on, especially in, in those households that don't have the luxury uh, of having those high incomes.
1: And now, another thing that is happening is uh, in the world, if you want to call it job security, the tenure of chief executive officers is rising the number of uh, S and P 500 companies who have CEOs are now holding their position for 10 years. Uh, is a 101 and that's up from 36 a decade earlier. Except like some, some kind of job security there.
2: Yeah. Well, I think companies are doing a better job finding leadership and sticking with leadership. And I, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of leaders bringing the companies through the pandemic in a very difficult time. If, if you found a way to kind of survive through that, you probably secured your position for a while. So uh, there used to be a lot of turnover in the C-suite. And, you know, one of the quick things to, to kind of get a company back in line was to replace the CEO. But it seems like that's slowing down and, and we're seeing, you know, tenure out there starting to, to increase. Of course, Warren Buffett out there has the longest tenure at Berkshire Hathaway at 53 years. So he's he's been the CEO for a long, long time of Berkshire Hathaway. Um, But it's good to see, you know, leadership kind of sticking around and uh, running these companies as well. I think it it bodes well for America, uh, for U.S. companies.
1: Now, we look at the old uh, results of the pandemic, which is still with us in many ways. But according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, more than 40 percent, of younger people today are experiencing depression, sadness, hopelessness, and even suicidal thoughts, and and they're blaming that on those uh, three years of the pandemic.
2: Yeah, you know, Bob, it's really interesting. You know, that pandemic caused a lot of uh, issues in society, and I I think we're going to have to work out of that over time, but uh, you know, it's important to pay attention to our young people. I think a lot of them are struggling out there. Uh, It's a tough world to grow up in. I, I mean, again, having kids and some of my kids having grandkids now, you know, you take a step back and you see the issues that they're dealing with. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, the companies, there's there's a lot of opportunities, I think, to uh, think of products and services that can help uh, young people, you know, deal with these issues that they're, they're you know, really suffering with out there. And uh, it's uh, good to see some school systems and, you know, some people out there realizing this issue. Um, but, again, we got to talk about it. Uh, the only way you, you improve something is by, first of all, recognizing it's a problem. and uh, So hopefully we'll, we'll continue to make progress here.
1: Now, the sun is shining still on the solar industry. The Solar Industry Association says there's a 52% increase over 2022 in the sale of solar panels and solar power. In fact, the U.S. is installing so- solar panels so fast that solar power is expected this year to account for more than half of the new electricity capacity for the first time ever. Yeah, and it's
2: good to see, Bob. This is an industry that's very interesting. A lot of opportunities out there. Uh, Florida continues to dominate the state solar rankings, obviously. I mean, where you got the sunshine. That's that's the key. Uh, but, I mean, as an alternative energy, uh, you know, clean energy, this is uh, good to see and, and a lot of progress being made here.
1: So let's talk about stocks now in Stock Talk. With time, you can call up Wall Security right now and ask him about any particular stock issues that interest you out there. 330-673-1234 or 800-669-4100 are the numbers you can call right now and be on the air with Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron. Before we start about talking once again about individual stocks, uh, uh, refresh us once more on the three major portfolios that the AKW Group has created for its clients and uh, why the uh, portfolio approach is so important to your firm.
2: Well, Bob, you know we we believe in portfolios. Um, you know, I think when you we put ideas together, you know, whether those be all stocks or a mixture of stocks and bonds, I, I think that's what builds uh, long-term success. Um, you know, knowing what you own, knowing why you own it, uh, as we always talk about here on the show. But but our three core portfolios, our equity portfolios, are the, our core equity portfolio, which is the large cap stocks. It's, uh, you know, constructed with companies that most people would recognize. We talk a lot of them, about a lot of them here on the show, you know, companies like Apple, Honeywell, Starbucks, Procter & Gamble. Uh, These companies have been around for a long time, and, you know, we take a long-term approach. We try to buy companies that we can live with for for quite a while, and we'll make a a few adjustments to that a year, you know, selling a company here or there, bringing a new one in uh, when we need to. Uh, Then we have the small mid-cap portfolio, which, again, is uh, with more... Ah, uh, faster-growing ideas. These companies tend not to be big dividend players. You're you're buying these stocks basically with the idea you're looking for appreciation in the stocks. Uh, again, a little bit more turnover in this portfolio. You know, we uh, any idea we buy, we try to stick with it for 18 to 24 months. But sometimes with small mid-cap stocks, the volatility and the challenges of small companies, we got to change those around a little bit more. And then we have the uh, women's leadership, the diversity portfolio, which. Uh, it's kind of an interesting portfolio. We we worked with a group of women out of the Pittsburgh area that ran a national magazine uh, about women empowerment. And we started this portfolio five, six years ago. And it's been a, it's been a nice, uh, you know, addition to our portfolio offering. And as we said, you know, we can mix these stock portfolios with bond portfolios to have really all kinds of different risk reward profiles, um, you know, anywhere from really aggressive growth to more of a conservative uh, approach to investing. So, uh, we, we like what we do, and, again, we've been doing it a long time and, and believe in it very strongly.
1: Now, in individual stocks, we can uh, kick off now with a, a cybersecurity stock, Zscaler. They reported, uh, again, some impressive results for the last quarter.
2: Yeah, again, cybersecurity, Bob, we, we've been talking about this for quite a while on the show. Um, you know, uh, Fortinet and Zscaler are stocks we, we often talk about here. Um, you know, cybersecurity is something that is, is going to be important for the long haul. Um, and Zscaler operates a massive global cloud security architecture. Um, they deliver security across the entire gateway uh, security stack out there. Uh, look at this last quarter a 43% revenue rise. They did 455 million over 318 million and 156% earnings growth, which is a very impressive result. Uh, analyst expectations for the next year, a couple years, are very strong. Uh, the stock does trade at a little bit of a premium. I mean, if for those pay, pay attention to things like price to earnings ratio, trades at about a 90 PE, which is which is a quite high PE. But again, with a growth rate and and the growth profile of this company, it's it's one to pay attention to. And uh, you know, we continue to like Z Skiller.
1: Let's take some calls now for Walt Security on the AKW Group. With we're going to have a, again a call to 330-673-1234 on Stock Talk. You're on W one hour. Good morning.
3: Can it you Hi Gazai Musk. How's everything in the big city?
2: It's <laughs> good, Ken. How are you today?
3: Good, good, good. The painters are out here painting, and we're really uh, pumping away out here on the farm. Hey, I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, Restoration Hardware symbol R H. You mentioned it about a year ago, and and uh, I know it's uh, Warren Buffett's involved, and I saw the uh, CEO give a talk last week. It, it's pretty impressive and so forth. It's kind of way out of my I still clip coupons for Burger King, so $20,000 bedroom suits aren't in my bailiwick. But what, what's your opinion of uh, uh, RH, Restoration Hardware? It took a $70 a share hit Friday, and uh, is it time to maybe uh, nibble at that?
2: Yeah, I mean, possibly, uh, you know, Ken, as you mentioned, this is a high-end, you know, retailer, the, the furniture, and, you know, what they sell is definitely on high-end. There's, there's one out in uh, Legacy Park. Uh, when I used to teach at Case Western, I'd go and sit on the cloud couch. It was uh, it was beautiful, and I had a break. I'd go up there, and they wanted to kick me out of the showroom. I, I'd never buy it, but it was fun to sit on it for a while. It was, uh, I think about a $20,000 couch, but... Uh, Yeah, I mean, this company obviously did really well during the pandemic. Um, You know, a lot of people locked in their homes that were spending money. You figure, well, we might as well upgrade and, you know, buy some nice things for the home if we're going to be here quite a bit. And then that kind of slowed down coming out of the pandemic. I think consumers obviously have shifted, you know, where they're spending money. And uh, the last couple quarters have been really tough for restoration hardware. But I think the analysts, you know, look at 2025 is kind of getting back on track and uh, you know, it's, it's a company, as you said, that uh, has traded off a lot. I, you go back to 21, I think it's trading 7 forty four a share, and uh, we're at uh, 3 dollars a share now. So, uh, if, you know, this is the point you want to look at it if, if you're a believer, and, you know, we definitely like restoration hardware for the long run. Did you see the Barron's article, Ken, with all your food stocks in here, uh, the, the six food stocks that passed the test? Uh, no, I
3: haven't read that article yet. I, I just got it in the P.O. box. I get it late and uh, I didn't. I've been busy. Well, all right. Well, in, check in, that article
2: uh, out. I think you're going to like it. I think it's supports yeah, well, someone's Mondelez know, I know. and Kellogg uh, yeah, That's, about.
3: that's yeah. not a good subject with all my all my uh, consumer staples, except one thing. Every time I open the account, I see those dividends every three months. Cha ching. Cha ching. Every there three you months, go. Walt.
1: <laughs> you got it, buddy.
3: Yeah, okay. <laughs> Have a good week. All right,
1: Thank you. if you can. 330 to talk to Walt Secure here on Stock Talk on WNIR. Now, Apple, we talked earlier about Apple. Yeah, a lot of pressure with news out of China that they're forbidding Chinese officials to use Apple products. Uh, this has had a negative uh, impact on the stock. It sold off a bit this week. Uh, what do you think? Is going to last uh, for a long time? Is the stock now on its way out? No,
2: but I, you know it's it's interesting. I mean, there there is pressure there, you know. And again, I think uh, you just look at the trend and you say, how how deep could this get? But um, you know, similar to what uh, I think our government did with uh, you know banning some government employees from using TikTok on on their phones and so forth. I think this is you know I think it's about five hundred thousand phones. Um, if you look at you know the, the Chinese officials here that wouldn't be able to use those phones. Um, but China is about 19% of Apple's revenue, so I think you got to, you know, just pay attention here and make sure this thing doesn't escalate. It's, uh, it's probably a little shot across the bow. Uh, there's been a lot of posturing going back and forth between the White House and China, uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I, I, I'm not worried about it right now. I, I think Apple is uh, big enough and strong enough and has sales from all parts of the world. I mean, 19% of revenue is a big, a big part of a company, but. There's still 80% of the revenue that comes from other places. And India is showing some really strong growth for Apple. I think, uh, you know, they they kind of turned their attention to India, especially even with some manufacturing. So we're going to continue to believe in Apple here and continue to hold it uh, for the long run.
1: Now, of course, Apple is having their big media event Tuesday, unveiling the new iPhone 15. You know, They're also going to be uh, bringing out their uh, uh, reports, too, with their earnings and like. Now, as we said, Apple is a, a holding in your core equity portfolio. But when you've got a stock like this that is uh, uh, so well-known and uh, does have uh, such potential, would you ever think about, about selling it? And if you would, would think about selling it, why would you?
4: Well, Bob,
2: you know, we always look at stocks and and a percentage of what they are allocated to the overall portfolio. And we've owned Apple for a long time. And some of those positions uh, over the years have grown to be, you know, pretty large percentages. You start with three, four, 5% of a portfolio. And over time, it becomes 10, 12, 15% of a portfolio. And I think it's prudent, you know, to take some profits, to sell the position back a little bit at times, to recognize some of those gains. I'll reposition some of those shares. You know, Apple doesn't have the same growth p- profile it had uh, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, they're a victim of their own success. You know, a bigger a company gets uh, the harder it is to move the needle. The harder it is is, you know, expectations stay so high for these companies. And, you know, it's hard to grow when you, when you get as, as big as Apple is and some of these, you know, some of these uh, tech companies that have gotten to these, uh, these levels. So, uh, we we like Apple again. It positioned properly in the portfolio, uh, but you know when you get 383 billion dollars of revenue, uh, you got to realize you know they got to sell a lot of new iPhones to continue to keep that growth rate going at what we saw in the past. And I think this is more of a strong dividend stock. It's it's, uh, it's probably a new the new world utility stock, right? I mean everybody needs their phone, the ecosystem that Apple's created, but. Uh, yeah, sometimes you just got to pair back and, and take a little bit of profits. I think that's a prudent thing to do.
1: Now, next week, is an important technology IPO. On Wednesday, ARM Holdings is scheduled to launch their IPO.
2: Yeah, ARM Holdings is interesting. This was owned by SoftBank. I don't know if you remember, Bob, but a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago, NVIDIA actually was trying to buy ARM Holdings from SoftBank. Um, there was some... Uh, antitrust concerns because they, they actually, you know, uh, design chips for a lot of the semiconductor companies out there, the actual design uh, software and, uh, you know, services that they offer. So this is going to be a big offering. Um, and it's, we haven't had a big IPO like this on the tech side for some time. Uh, you know, the company is going to, you know, it's going to be a large cap company right off the get go. And it'll be very interesting to see how the market uh you know, reacts to to the arm IPO.
1: We talked about solar power and an increase in sales uh, in the earlier segment of the program. Uh, at this point, do you own any solar stocks or solar industry stocks?
2: We do, Bob. We we bought Enphase Energy, uh, which is a uh, solar company that's um, it, it's down for the year. I mean, it's we found it to be a really good entry point. I think it's off about fifty percent year to date. Um you know, when you look at end phase, they've had really positive results. It's one of the solar companies that actually makes money. Last quarter, they were up 34% in revenue, 37% in profits. Uh, the company sold off a lot because they kind of cautioned about, you know, things slowing down a little bit. And so we got a huge sell-off here and, and I think a good opportunity. Uh, a lot of these uh, solar companies have sold off quite a bit. Um, you know, you could look at Sunrun. Uh, Nova. Uh, there's, there's a lot of Solar Edge, I think, out there as well, all, all names that have sold off quite a bit. So, so we like this industry. I, I think uh, long-term, you know, solar is going to be a part of, of the uh, energy uh, solution here in the United States and across the world.
1: Now, again, if people are listening today and they would like to uh, talk further with you, even off the air, about, about the kind of things we're talking about now, different stocks and, and your opinion of that, can they call you during the week and do that?
2: Absolutely, Bob. You know, we encourage the phone calls. We love to help people. Uh, You know, Kevin uh, in our office does a really good job. I know he sends some research out. uh, No cost for this. I mean, just to engage us a little bit to find out. I mean, if you like what you're hearing here on the radio show and you want to go the next step and uh, see if we can kick some ideas around with you, provide you some research that might make some sense, just trying to build relationships for the long haul. Uh, We know that when you work with a financial advisor, it's a stepping stone sometimes. So, yeah, give us a call. Ask for Kevin, uh, myself, uh, Allison. We're all there to help and uh, do what we can to, to make you a more successful investor.
1: And you can call them locally at 234-466-7476. That's the number for the AKW Group in Fairlawn, 234 466 Six. Now, of course, you remember?s With the folk uh, good folks at uh, the Robert W. Baird Company, they gives you access to all kinds of tools and other other services that you can provide your your customers. So you really uh, can do a lot of more than just buy stocks and sell stocks for people. You can actually help them uh, with advice on on finances, on retirement planning, and a lot more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the way we run this show, I think sometimes people think, well, all they do is stocks, but that, that's a big part of what we do. I mean, it's part of the engine, you know, investing, but. Uh, we we do the advanced planning, relationship management. Um, we we have a network of professionals that you know we can solve just about any money issue out there. So if it's uh, financial planning, retirement planning, estate planning issues, um, you know, Robert W. Bear is a great company. We have great intellectual capital and resources uh, to bring to the table, and uh, and I said also a really great network of outside attorneys and accountants uh, that we've come to know over the years that we trust and. Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a it's a great place to sit down and just talk. We always say it starts with a conversation, and uh, we we would love to talk to anybody out there that thinks they might need some help.
1: And remember, coming up at the end of the month, another free event from the AKW Group on on September 27th. That's a Wednesday at the Sheraton Suites in Cogar Falls at one o'clock. It's going to be their investment strategy update, and again, free to any listener who wants to go and hear what you guys have to say about uh, about the next uh, next year or so.
2: Yeah, we're excited. It's it's going to be a good event. It's going to be in the ballroom there. We're going to gather like around 1230. Presentation will start at 1. It'll be about uh, 35, 40 minutes. We'll take Q&A at the end. And again, we're going to go a little bit deeper than what we go on the show here, Bob, uh, sharing some interesting data and trends and outlooks and trying to get people set up. Uh, you know, As we head into 2024, what do you need to be doing to be successful? What should you be thinking about? and, uh, you know, maybe where you should be positioned, building that strategy, building those tactics for success, Um, kind of our early training camp for 2024.
1: So if you'd like to attend, again, it's September 27th in Gaga Falls, just to give the office a call and give an invitation, 234-466-7476 for the AKW Group here in Akron, 234-466-7476. So, Walt, another week is coming up. We're getting into September. We're kind of hoping for some better news this week.
2: Well, let's hope for a Browns win today, right, to start. And then from there, we'll, we'll follow the week, and we'll be back with you next Sunday, Bob.
1: Once again, Walt Sakira, the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron. Call them anytime at 234-466-7476. When you do, mention Erdem on WNIR, at Akron, the AKW Group. We'll talk to you again next Sunday, Walt. Have a great week.
4: During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Adobe Systems, Inc., symbol ADBE. Berkshire Hathaway, symbol BRK.B. Enphase Energy, symbol ENPH. Honeywell International, Inc., symbol HON. Kellogg, Inc., symbol K. The Kraft Heinz Company, symbol KHC. Mondelez International, Inc., symbol MDLZ. Nvidia Corporation, symbol NVDA. The Procter & Gamble Company, symbol PG. RH, Inc., symbol RH. Starbucks Corporation, symbol SBUX, SoftBank Group, symbol SFTBY, Solar Edge Technologies, symbol SEDG, Sunrun Inc., symbol RUN, Sonova Energy International Inc., symbol NOVA, and Zscaler Inc., symbol ZS. Please note that Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition... Robert W. Barrett and Company, Incorporated, and/or its affiliates managed or co-managed a public offering of Sonova Energy International Inc. (symbol NOVA) in the past 12 months. Also, Robert W. Barrett and Company, Incorporated, and/or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from Sonova Energy International Inc. (symbol NOVA) in the past 12 months.